and welcome to Open the Box, to think outside of it. This episode is brought to you by Bangkok Avenue. <laughs> Bangkok Avenue. You want some great Thai food? You go to Bangkok Avenue. Where is it? In Little Neck. Is it worth the trip? Absolutely. So please, next time, if you haven't heard about Bangkok Avenue, if you don't know, now you know. Look it up. Google it. Check out the Yelp reviews. It's amazing. All right. With that said, today's episode, I know I said was open the box to think outside of it, but it's open the box to drink outside of it today. Uh, I am your host, Jay Rando, a.k.a. Rando, and I am host, I am with my compatriot, Rody. Rody, how are we doing today? I'm doing splendid. Wonderful. We have a special guest today, and she'll be chiming in periodically. Her name is Incognita. Everybody, please welcome Incognita. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Say a few words. Say hello. Hello, everyone. I am Incognita. (laughs) Well, nice. All right. Uh, With that said, we're ready to get started. I have my beverage here. Rody, what beverage did you choose today? Uh, I have a kind of classic with a little bit of a twist on it. Instead of like uh, Jack and Coke, it's a cherry brandy with Coke with a splash of lime. Thought make it a little mm. more fruity, a little more herbal. Give it a little kick to the uh, the original. Wonderful. Uh, I, Incognita, and myself are currently holding a iced tea whiskey combo with some lemon, also known as a Tennessee team. Thank you, Rody, for giving us uh, a Just title. found that out. Thought we made it up. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was supposed to be called the Randall Special, but then it, it got changed in the last minute to his actual official name. Um, mm. So here we are today, and the concept of today's episode is going to be way less formal than anything that you probably experienced with our type of podcast. Um, today, we're going to be talking about different aspects of uh, beverages. So we're going to be talking more so like some some of the some popular mixes, some you know some relevance to you know alcohol and how it kind of you know uh, helps or how it kind of uh, has you know how how it has affected us during this pandemic. Uh, how we have uh, you know access and the different types of different types of uh, you know different types of liquors and things like that and things that we can do with them so different uh, different you know secret recipes roadies in the encyclopedia when it comes to that um, and we're also going to talk about um, basically some of our favorites like what you know what do we like uh, so you're gonna get a chance and hopefully you know if if anything that we say is a good suggestion to you today you know let us know let us know if you want us to talk more about some of the things that we you know Things, some of the things that we enjoy. Um, as I said, this Tennessee tea tastes delicious. I'm enjoying it. So, you know, and if you want to know what type of tea I use, Gold Peak. <laughs> it's the liquor episode, and he's shouting out which specific tea he chose. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia Peach. Mm. Good. Now, all right, Rody. Yes, so sir. Why, why did you choose the breakfast that you did? Brandy why did I? Right, repeat the ingredients one time with brandy soda. Uh, so it's yeah, it's basically um, 
basically like an old school like highball kind of more or less, where it's just like some type of whiskey versus some type of soda. I happened to see one. It was cheap. It was something I hadn't tried before. So I was like, fuck it. We'll give it a go. I usually don't like the artificially flavored liquors, but I was like, you know, it is cheap. Let's give this a shot. And it tastes just like a uh, cherry Coke. So add a little fresh lime juice to kind of cut the artificial taste and it's good to go. Nice. So that's awesome. Um, Incognito, let me ask you, how does the, how does your beverage taste? Not bad. So usually I've been, my first drink was whiskey sour and this is a much better version because uh, it's not too sweet. Mm-hmm. Like the sweetness is just coming from the iced tea. So yeah. this is like, I feel like it's a, don't, you know, don't uh, <laughs> put me down for this. But I feel like it's a little bit better than the, uh, whiskey sour because it's, it doesn't have like, it, it's not too sweet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of th- a lot of things get lost when the ingredients are less natural. Yeah, uh, and I think that's what separates, uh, you know, like one of those beverages that you get a happy hour special, right? And you know, random, you know, random bar. Which again, random small bars, love them. I, I will never knock them. They are very helpful. They're cost effective, and. Uh, you go to the right one, you can really create a great dynamic with your bartender. And if you happen to be a regular in some of these places, um, then, you know, of course, you know, you, you're going to get something that's more catered to, uh, to you and your taste. Especially if you're, a, if you're a simple person, right? If you, you know, if you're like, I like my scotch. And that's what I come for, my scotch. Or I come for my, you know, my Guinness every day or whatever. Or every week or, what, or whatnot. So, uh, Rody just mentioned the fact that, you know, he had put lime juice to cut the taste of that artificial flavoring. Uh, you know, as I said, I think that, that, that sour mix, although like when I was much younger, I really enjoyed it. You know, like I was like, oh, whiskey sour is cool. Um, you know, I, I do, I, I do like a little bit of sweetness, but it has to be a natural sweetness. And I think that this tea, you know, I think like tea is a good balance for it. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to what, what, what type of, so let me ask you, Rody, um, during this, you know, at the start of this pandemic, because we can't ignore, right, what's been going on in the world. Um, at the start of this pandemic, let me ask you, like, has your, I don't want to use the word alcoholism, because I don't think that, that, that's the right word. Uh, but has your consumption of it been greater or less than? <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you for finishing that sentence for me. Go for it. Well, I, I kind of knew where you were heading with it. Um, well, at the beginning of the pandemic, or at least when, like, crap got serious, um, I want to say it was like maybe beginning of March, middle of March. And around that time I was, uh, following my good Christian background. I was in Lent and I usually give up like a ton of crap and it's usually I go vegan and I don't drink. So for the first like two months of the whole pandemic, I wasn't drinking. I was eating clean. I was being a good boy. Then after the fact, you know, I did my traditional, like, Had a drink maybe every other week. Not too crazy, but I stockpiled. So I felt like a squirrel, like a very drunk squirrel. Because I was like, you know what? I don't know when things are going to get better. And they only seem to be getting worse. So it's like I had things held up just in case. It was one of those like, oh, just in case of emergency break. And it's like, oh, I had my stockpile. I was good. So in my case, uh, we have our nightly tradition called Shot O'Clock. I started off. 
you know, it started off more frequent, right? At the start of this pandemic, we, um, you know, we all, my friend, you know, like a, a group of friends, including Incognita, actually, um, you know, we we had made a choice that, you know, in kind of like solidarity with one another and to kind of keep tabs and check on each other, we were going to create a time in which uh, we were going to get together and kind of like ignore what's going on in the world. Uh, so Shot O'Clock was born through that type of concept. Um, so it would be a nightly, you know, it would be a nightly thing. And at first when we started, you know, it, 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 we wouldn't drink very much within those times. Especially if it was the weekends, sure, absolutely. Because, of course, work still had to be done. Um, but, it, you know, it was definitely more frequent. Uh, and over time, we've gone to drinking less and less, but still connecting over the shot o'clock time just, you know, just to keep each other up, positive, happy and engaged. So, uh you know, my, you know, the, the consumption that we had, I mean, yeah, I guess we would say it has been more frequent, but it's also kind of done us a favor and keeping us socially and emotionally healthy. Is that, would you, would you, would you go as far to say that incognito? Yeah. Like it's, it's just like a good way to connect and cause it's, you're not connecting with anyone really, except for the people that you're living with. So it's good to, you know, have that other uh, side. Yeah. Have to still have the social aspects um yeah very very true and for those of you who said oh why don't you start a book club or why didn't you you know do you know talk about you know you know video game like group or whatever well i mean you don't really know the target audience of the people that you're dealing with right like you have to know what you all have in common and i think that you know as i said like some of our friends we used to you know we used to go to bars together with those friends and keep in mind out of shot o'clock we you know we have we have great you know we had great things come subsequently after that we had Murray Cart Mondays, we have, you know, movie nights on Saturdays, we have, or now Sundays, right? It's strange. Uh, you know, we have workout times, we have, so there's a whole bunch of positive things that came along with this, with this one thing. So um, I am so thankful at the fact that I had a staunch group of people to work with and to, you know, explore creativities and have a laugh in the time where it necessarily wasn't you know, you know, it, it wasn't easy to do that for anybody. And, you know, during these moments and times, um, but it was definitely beneficial. And it definitely took me a long way. So I'm glad that I'm glad that we, we've had this. In that time, it also helps, you know, pique your creative interest, right? When creating, when creating the right cocktail, you want to, you know, to me, I think a good, you know, a good drink is something that, you know, to me, I, you know, I, I'm a simple person. I, you know, I, I do like beer. Beer is my, beer is my go-to. Um, I'm very particular when it comes to my beer, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, if I was making a, a a drink that involved, you know, a uh, liquor type of beverage that, that involves, uh, you know, some type of mythology, I, you know, I like, to, you know, I like to vary it up. I don't like to drink the same thing. I, I don't know, like to me, I like to kind of change it up, and you know, depending on the season, that that's something that's really important to me during this, you know. Uh, I go lighter, and then during the summer, I mean, during the during spring and summer, I go. I tend to go a little bit lighter, but during fall and winter, I tend to go a little bit heavier. Uh, and I mean, I, for, for obvious reasons. But uh, I, you know, one of one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite ones is, you know, what I'm having today. But I also like, you know, my my gin and apple juice, or I also like a, you know, a screwdriver. You know, like vodka orange juice is such a classic, but it's not, you know, something you can't go wrong with. Um, I, I know that I know that Rody tends to love vodka. That's his favorite type of beverage. Well, oh, God, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, God, no. 
George is absolute best. Don't uh, listen to us. Do I just George. throw up in my mouth. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Vok is the worst. <laughs> even though, uh, even though, all right. When was, when was the last time you had vodka in a, in a drink? It, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, the last time I had vodka had to have been about a decade ago. I was still an undergraduate in college. Whoa, really? All no, right, well, no fibbing, like straight up. I had to have been about 20 or 21. Whoa, that's crazy. Just Again, like, I just I don't like the responses that it gives me. Like certain liquors, certain alcohols, they they bring out certain emotions and certain feelings and with vodka it just it doesn't make me feel anything i end up just losing time so i guess i end up feeling the power of being able to transmute myself into future planes by losing four hours of my life <laughs> yeah no I, I hear you um the last time it wasn't it wasn't when you were with me was it uh no no actually i don't believe it was the Last time I had it, I was with one of our fraternity brothers. Uh, we were celebrating somebody's 21st birthday, and I started the night with Jameson and Guinness. And then this individual, he was like, yo, let's go to the local drinking area. So for Brooklyn, it's Bay Ridge. We went there, mm -hmm. and we went to a bar. We happened to run into a couple of other people that we knew because that's just how Bay Ridge is. For anybody that's local, they know. You know everybody there. And this individual that saw us was just like, yo, let's go back to my place. I got drinks. It's cheaper. So we went there, and it's it's the rule of the house. Like, if you don't bring anything, you don't bitch about what they're serving you. And the guy was just like, yo, dude, I got, I got vodka. I was like, ugh. But okay, you know, don't, don't judge a gift horse by the – don't check get horse in the mouth. And uh, I had several screwdrivers, so vodka and orange juice. And all I know is like an hour later, I was pantsless. An hour after that, I tried to fight a kid. Like I had already left this guy's house, but I tried to fight a kid. I grayed out again, and I woke up at a female friend's house that I used to have close connections to. Yeah, see now now he remembers. And then yes. after that, I uh I I grayed out and I came back again to me skinny dipping in her pool to me graying out and coming back one final time to her father screaming at me saying, Why the hell are you in my pool naked? To me kind of graying out and having walked home which I didn't live anywhere near where she lived, so it was about like an hour to venture home completely soaking wet. So that's why I don't drink vodka anymore. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing about Rody that you do not know is that he is super, super, super stubborn. Like, although he can afford to take an Uber, he will never do so. First, first uh, and foremost, at that time, at that time era, Uber was not a thing. Timestamp, right? Timestamp, which it happened. There was no Uber. However, I mean, cab services were still prominent and still existed. But this is Brooklyn, not like Manhattan. Well, yeah. also, to be fair, 
if I didn't remember how I got there and how my clothes came off, you think mentally I was in the right place to say, let me call somebody to take me home? <laughs> All right, well. Did you walk home with a guy on clothes? <laughs> I, was, I was completely soaked from head to toe. And like I had to immediately and quickly put on my clothes for, you know, getting scared to get the shit beat out of me by an older Italian man for swimming naked around his daughter. Um, I didn't ask for a towel, so I just kind of hastily put on my clothes and ventured on my way. You know, I mean, that sounds like that sounds like such an incriminating story, man. I don't remember a single time that 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 that, that had ever happened to me. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rody, you want to tell them about the time? I'm, I know I'm telling. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to tell multiple stories here, but. Oh, yeah, no, this is just a walk down memory lane in which we don't remember the memories that we walked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can provide a lot more context than I can on the time that it actually did happen to me, and I was with you and another one of our fraternity brothers, um, and you had to get me back home. Yeah, I, I remember, I think, the beverage of choice that night was rum. It was. Spiced rum, and, like that. Yes, it was spiced rum. I want to say it was Bacardi Gold. Was it? Was it something cheaper? It was like one of the lower. It was brand new. Okay, so it it was a silver rum of some kind, and we were partaking quite a bit. And you know, it happens to the best of us. And uh, yeah, I and our fraternity brother didn't live anywhere near. Oh, okay, certain pirate. <laughs> uh, it was a certain pirate. Uh, he's a captain of sorts. He's actually moved up the ranks. Right. <laughs> you don't random uh, standing on his uh, yeah and there, yeah and i saw a certain position i was like oh okay i thought he was just airing out <laughs> but yeah uh we all partook a little bit too much and uh just kind of hit him and we clearly weren't in the right frame of mind to drive we were broke because we had just spent our money on said bottle and we ended up venturing from one part of Brooklyn to where Rando lived. And uh, it was quite an adventure. And by the end of it, you know, I was scared he was going to vomit and puke on himself. So it ended up me, like, taking off his shirt and getting him comfortable, trying to position him in a way that he wouldn't asphyxiate in case something horrible did happen. And his mother straight up walked in on me, like, changing her son. And it was... Uh, to quote the TV show, that's how I met his mother. <laughs> oh, man, that's a little bit of foreshadowing, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, that's how awesome. I met his mother. That's awesome. Uh, well, <laughs> I think you kind of, I mean, if you can read in between the lines, you kind of know what our next episode is going to be about. Uh, but we, um, yeah, uh, you know, and, you know, subsequent to that, follow-up story my you know Rody actually helped me move if i'm not mistaken or helped me with with something so he can't he had come back to the the apartment and saw my mother with her boyfriend at the time and um she uh you know Rody, you know was very respectful um and you know but he was definitely a little bit intimidated by my mom because we can have an intimidating presence as you probably and Cognito even knows that too. She's seen she's been her Dunkin' Donuts before. So, whoa, wait, wait. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't your mom that was intimidating. It was the fact that like 
her boyfriend was like humongous and tattooed and was kind of flexing. And she was like, I'd like you to have a seat. And I was like, I think I'm good standing where I am. I was like, I'm getting the shit beat out of me. And then she was like, no, I want to thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she was, uh, she was very grateful to, 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 you know, to Rody for being a good friend and, uh, so the thing is, you know, this is, this goes out to all those people who think that it's, you know, presumptuous to help out somebody else in need. I mean, listen, you see somebody, you know, you see somebody who can't fend for themselves, and if you're a really close friend of theirs, I mean, it's going to be, you know, you know, they, 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 you know, they they show you how much they're that they're willing to do by their actions, not just by in the good times, but also in the bad as well. Uh, so, Rody, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm forever appreciative of that of that moment. And we were friends long before that, but you know, you definitely, you, you, you definitely got that for me. So thank you. Um, no so yeah, uh, so to be honest with you, uh, I mean, the type, so what we were alluding to is I don't drink Captain Morgan anymore. It's not my, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Not my, not my type of beverage. There are certain things that you know you go through a bad experience once or so. I mean, you know, you go through a bad experience more than once or whatever the case is. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm off that. Incognito, what is that beverage for you? Um, that beverage for me is everything all at once. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, <Choose> one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't usually get drunk. Mm. Like, you 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 can ask my friends. Like, when when they see me drunk, they're super happy because <laughs> mm. it doesn't happen often. Mm. Um, but the first time I or first or second time I did it, my friend was, like, so happy to be holding my hair back while I was, like, getting my brain down. Oh, <laughs> good friend. Yeah. She was happy because I was, she was like, oh, my God, I thought this day would never come. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's a combination of vodka, tequila, like, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tabaski. Tabaski, yeah. Tabaski, yes. Oh. And a lot of it. <laughs> I, I created Tabaski with uh, a group of my uh, group of my colleagues back in the day. Uh, Tabaski is a combination of whiskey, vodka, and tequila. Mm-hmm. Yum. Um, and straight. Like no, no, we're not making. No, we're not making a Long Island iced tea. It's oh. not. Well, to be fair, a Long Island iced tea is literally like almost a one-to-one part of like four or five different liquors with like a splash of Coca-Cola. And if you say garnishing with the fucking lemon counts as anything, it doesn't. Because what you're tasting is liquid death. <laughs> it doesn't even have tea in it. I thought no. it was like... Uh, Coke. It's Coke? It's I thought Coke. it was like ice yeah. tea. No, it's, uh, it's equal parts tequila, gin, rum, vodka, triple sec, Coca-Cola, and then you usually garnish with a lemon to break up all of that and somehow or another... The combination of all that crap together gives it the taste, look, and illusion of iced tea, and the taste, look, and illusion that you're gonna last the night, and none of that ever happens. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the beverage, the beverage that I'm drinking currently looks like a Long Island iced tea, but it's actually more tea than it is Long Island. Which, speaking of, I saw the liquor you were pouring in that. If I can give a suggestion in the future, if you could find it, oh, Bird Dog Ooh. Whiskey Peach. Yeah, no, I saw which one you had. Bird Dog Whiskey Peach would be an excellent accoutrement to what you're making. It gives a nice, it's a very clean tasting whiskey and would pair well with the tea and lemon. And since it has a peach flavor, it gives you that fruity, 
awakening that you probably wouldn't normally get with what you're drinking. Mm, right. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, very true. What was the name of that bird dog whiskey? Bird dog. Do you happen to know the price point on that by chance? Uh, I haven't had it in a while. I haven't been able to find it in a while, but when I was able to, a handle in New York went roughly, it would range anywhere between 25 to 30 bucks. Mm. That's not bad. Have you ever yeah, had- it's uh, reasonable. Have you ever had this peanut butter whiskey? It has like a lamb on it. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Um, it's like screw something, screwball or screw job, screw whatever job. it's called. That uh, one's I've so heard good. Not with ice cream, but <laughs> what? I, well, I'm I'm like allergic to nuts, so to drink it would be like kind of nauseating. Uh, but that with a um, like if you float it with like a lambic beer, could taste like a PB and J. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, Rody, real fast. I mean, what what are your thoughts about Jack Daniels? What's my opinion on Jack? <laughs> that used to be yes. my drink of choice when I was younger and I couldn't afford nice things. But now that I'm older, I can't stomach it. Like now that I've tasted better stuff, I, I, I don't go near it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you want solid whiskeys, Angel's Envy is about $50 a handle. Smooth as day. Writer's Tears, it's straight out of Ireland. It's a bit pricier because of the export, but it's immaculate on the tongue. It's very smooth, a little bit oaky. A little bit fruity at times, but still remarkable. And tried and true, Jameson. It's made just right. So, you know what's crazy? I actually don't like Jameson. What? Yeah, I mean, truth truth be told, if I was being very honest with myself, I'm not a fan of Jameson. What about the car bomb? That's my favorite. Oh yeah, the car bombs are yeah. Listen, Jameson oh, makes just things weird are different than Jameson <laughs> itself. Jameson, I don't know. Jameson tastes like I'm about to throw up. You know what I mean? Like, there's a certain, I don't know, like, there, there's a certain flavor profile that Jameson has uh, that I'm not necessarily, like, fond of. Um, but Jack Daniels, I actually did not like initially for a long time. Um, I mean, you know, of course, I had it when I was much younger. And then I'm like, then once I, like, discovered that there are other things beyond the Jack Daniels brand that I can have, you know, like, you know, obviously, when you take a look at Maker's Mark, you take a look at, um, uh, uh, Evan Williams, which is a you know like almost like the cheaper option when it comes to, I mean, th but these are things that you make in a cocktail, right? These aren't things that you make, at, you know, these are, these aren't things you drink straight up. So, but when I looked at you know Jack Daniels, I didn't realize some of the history behind Jack Daniels, and I want people as a you know to to, to challenge themselves to look up the history behind Jack, behind Jack Daniels because Jack Daniels was actually taught by. Uh, nearest green how to um, create or how to um, how to ferment like not ferment but how to create like um, alcohol or how to create whiskey using charcoal instead of its typical uh, typical method which is you know the way it's distilled so so the, it, it's an interesting thing uh, nearest green uh, as a matter of fact was a former slave and not a slave of Jack Daniels himself um, but just a just an individual and there's also which I'm looking to try a nearest green uh whiskey which i'm actually looking i actually want to give a give a sample to it's, a, it's currently a black owned business so if anybody is interested in following that um again you know just a little bit of history or a little bit of like again this is just tangential history i'm, I'm not giving you a full picture look it up research it know for yourself 
Because without knowledge. Finish that sentence, Cody. Without knowledge, there is no power. Without knowledge, there could be no true love. So, oh, oh, wow, damn! I for some reason I was thinking Ninja Turtles. I, I felt like that was some shit that Master Splinter said, but I know what you're talking about now. Now I got the reference. Now I know what you're alluding to. Mm. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Yes, in fact, I am. All right. Well, that's it. Moving on. Mm, this character's delicious. So, <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm like balancing like my, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm balancing like something that's quote unquote unhealthy with, with, with like a healthy. Like, I'm having carrots and celery. <laughs> You're basically having the bar food without the bar food. It's just like I'm gonna have the drinks without the wings. I'm just gonna have the carrots and celery. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm. And it's just as delicious. I mean, I had the wings last night, actually, between you and me. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so, anyway. um, So, let, let's talk a little bit about... Um, let's, yeah, let's talk a little bit about some, you know, some things that we can, you know, some type of beverages that you created that you would suggest to, to our to our public like what, what would you say like you, you what would you say like oh i made this and it was really really good i think try it out uh woof well again it all depends on people's tastes it all depends on the taste like i know myself i'm not a fan of vodka so most of the beverages i make clearly don't have them and if it's something that has vodka in it i try to augment it to such an avail that i can make the drink but with a different liquor of my choice. So um, for anybody that's ever seen the Jersey shore, uh, Ronnie makes his drink, the Ron Ron juice, where it's just like watermelon, gray goose, and some other crap. I think cranberry juice. I made something similar to it where it was just like fresh watermelon blended up. It was, uh, it was Bacardi rum, cranberry juice, Sprite and fresh lemon juice. I know fresh lime juice. And it tasted the same, but it had a little more of an Island feel to it just because of the, the cane sugar from the Bacardi. So a lot of these drinks can be intermixed. It depends on like your taste. So for example, you could have things like the Kentucky mule, which is basically bourbon crushed ice and ginger beer. It's based off of a Moscow mule, which is vodka and ginger beer. So it all really depends on your, your taste. I know myself something I would suggest drink wise. Um, this was, and I was telling Rod uh, Rando before this, it's something I kind of suggested when I visited Wisconsin. Uh, and it's kind of a riff off of that. If you want something that's seasonal that would warm me up around like Thanksgiving or Christmas, I call it the apple pie. It's equal parts uh, fireball. So some type of cinnamon whiskey. Uh, ginger ale and apple cider with fresh lemon juice and it tastes just like the holidays that's something that i created that i love to taste and drink around that time but you could always augment it depending on what you have or you could always try to infuse things like if you want to be topical i always try to have wild turkey around thanksgiving throw a cinnamon stick in there it'll infuse for like a day or two you could do that too yeah, it, there's there's so many things, and I always like to mix my brown liquors. I always try to find mixes for them because I feel like those are the hardest things that you can create. So 
it, it really all depends on your, your palate. Mm. Uh, and Rody had mentioned about, you know, creating a beverage, drinking that tastes like the holidays. And I want to take a break from our regularly scheduled programming to discuss Coquito and Agosto. Coquito and Agosto is going to be the second holiday in which we can drink Coquito. Coquito is usually around Christmas time or the holidays. Uh, and we're going to give Coquito to performers who are looking to demonstrate their talents. Uh, please, if you have an opportunity, I had made a mistake on my initial podcast in the Rando PSA, but I am correct. I have since corrected it. It is August 15th, August 15th, Saturday. We are doing Coquito in Augusto, and it will be, again, you're just signing Rando T-H-E-J-A-Y-R-A-N-D-O, at gmail.com. If you are interested in in a uh, in displaying your talent at Coquito and Agosto, if you perform, you will be receiving a bottle of signature Coquito from the three random guys, which is my other podcast. Uh, Rody will be in attendance and possibly displaying his talents. I mean, he has many of them. Uh, it doesn't matter which one he wants to display. Uh, but yes, yeah, so he will be in attendance, whether as a fan or as a performer. So just want to let you know real fast, Coquito in Augusto. That's my plug for today. All right, moving forward. So my beverage of choice, or my one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, things to create, oh not create, one of my favorite things to make. Let's before I create anything, let's go with what I like, right? Um, if I'm going to create a cocktail, or if I'm going to make a cocktail, I'm going to make a whiskey tea. Um, there's something about it to me that I, that I, that I enjoy. There's, you know, and the cool thing about it is you can get it kind of sweetened or unsweetened depending on your flavor palette. Um, if you find a good tea, I think Gold Peak is a good tea to, to mix with. Uh, it, it doesn't have, it's not too sweet. It's not overly sweet, even if it is sweetened. Um, and if it's unsweetened and, you know, it has more of that base flavor of regular tea. Keep in mind, everyone, I mean, you can actually make tea at home if you want to be cost effective. Uh, put it in the fridge, fill it. And then at a later time, bring it back out as iced tea. I know that's, you know, that's like, you know, duh, one-on-one, but I, I don't feel like enough of us do it. Um, so, you know, just a, just a quick note to mention. Uh, if that's the route that you want to go, again, just as good. So uh, the other thing I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the classics. Uh, give me, you know, give me a gin and tonic. I'll enjoy that. Uh, gin and juice is like one of my favorites. So I think whiskey and gin are my two favorite of the profile. I'm actually... Unlike Rody and the fact that I actually do appreciate vodka, and I think that vodka has a place of, you know, if not overdone, obviously, like anything, right? If we're not too, um, if we're not too, you know, you know, uh, this, is, this is what I'm looking for. But if we're not too, like, you know, like over, if we don't overconsume something, um, then, you know, in moderation, there we go. If we, if we, if we use moderation, then, you know, everything, you know, everything's on the table, but, um, I like my, you know, I, I like a good old fashioned vodka and apple juice or something like that, or vodka and orange juice or something like that. So, um, you know, it, but that's something, if you want to taste less of the alcohol, you want to taste more of the, the, the juice itself, but you can do the same thing with gin. And I think gin is really cool because it has its own unique flavor profile to it that has a kind of twist on vodka doing kind of like you know that it will slightly alter it but won't really throw off the taste 
at all, like, you know, like not, not, not too off the rails or not too off the reservation, if you will. So, um, what I like to, you know, one of the things that I've, you know, created, I think I'm actually really good with my sangrias. Those are my, I think to me, that's like my niche and that's my go-to. Um, if I'm going to make a sangria, one of the things I like to use is like this maraschino, maraschino cherry liqueur, um, to kind of like dab it with, you know, in accordance to the wine, the rum or whatever liqueur you choose. I mean, like wine, rum, and, um, and a little bit of the sweetening engine over here, like, you know, and then of course with fresh fruit, if you combine that and you mix that, that's, uh, you know, that tastes, you know, that tastes really good. Uh, one of the things, you know, is that, uh, the current maraschino vodka, uh, liqueur that I'm currently using is called stock. Uh, I actually don't know where to find it. I actually found, you know, it was actually, I think, given to me as a gift by somebody. I remember you could also try Luxardo. That one's exceptionally good as a maraschino liqueur. Mm. Well, thank you for that. So, yeah. So, you know, you, so you have multiple options. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, like, there's some, and, and it's a great summer drink. So if you're in the, if you're in summer mode and you want to have something that's going to be, you know, good for the palate and for the soul, as I said, you can make your sangria. As I said, mix it with maraschino cherry like liqueur, and I'll definitely put it over the edge um, from a good beverage to something that's even better. So, um, do you have, do you have anything yourself? Is there anything that you want to highlight incognito? I mean, I'm not a mixologist like you guys, but, <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't made any drinks up. But I mean, I might be biased right now thinking about tea, but like green tea and Hennessy or like any brandy. It's probably like a like a Asian karaoke. Like <laughs> you'll find that in like Chinese karaoke spots. That's yep. like a big thing. But like, you know, the sweetness, like the sweet green tea with like the brandy. Like you don't really take the brandy. Ooh. Like you take the green tea and that could get you kind of messed up because <laughs> it catches up to you. But it's, it's really good. And um, speaking about tea, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever mixed like alcohol with bubble tea, but that's <laughs> really no, because I, I think I did that one that had like not milk tea, but like I had some kind of like fruity like tea with mm-hmm. bubbles, and I was like, oh, I'm like running low on the liquid, let me add some uh, some liquid like liquor to it, and it was like amazing. <laughs> like I'm like oh I want to open up a alcoholic bubble tea spot or something. That sounds crazy. I mean I, I like the sound of that. As a matter of fact, you know like it may sound foreign as a concept to us, but I mean if we think about a white Russian, right? I mean it's a milk based mm-hmm. uh, alcoholic beverage that you can use to um, that that has you know that is popular mm-hmm. and it tastes good. You know. What? I've had white Russian in I don't know how long. It's been almost a decade at least, you know. When was the last time you had a white Russian, Rody? Oh, I don't really like. If I'm drinking, I try not to have like a lot of dairy or cream because I'm scared of how it might come up or come out. So yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't want to go vulgar with it, but I I try to keep the dairy away because I know like on a scientific level. A lot of dairy-based products, like if it's mixed with liquor, doesn't necessarily blend well. That's why right. if you ever like do an Irish car bomb, which is like layered Jameson and Bailey's shot into a Guinness, if you let that shit settle, everything's going to coagulate and get gross. So if it's happening on the outside, imagine what's going on on the inside. So 
I try not to mess around with uh, dairy-based drinks. And it matters the order in which you put it in. If you think it doesn't matter, it totally matters because you're going to get that coagulated beverage a lot quicker. I think if you put the milk in first or if you put like the, the, um, the, the heaviest milk well, first. It, 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 it depends because uh, a lot of li- – uh, depending on certain drinks, like the density does affect it. Like there's um the – what's it called? The alien brain beverage. That one is basically three-fourths peach schnapps with a little bit of Bailey's <clears throat> layer on top. And then you put like a splash of grenadine as well as a splash of blue curacao. And because of the density of the grenadine and the blue curacao, it goes to the bottom. But as it mixes with the Baileys, it has like a really cool like reaction and it looks almost biological. So in that regards, it does like it does matter how you layer the drinks, but the whole like, oh, if you drink this before that, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. That's kind of a myth. The whole like liquor before beer type of nonsense, that's that's a giant myth. Going back to, and we'll talk about liquor before beer in a second, but going back to the uh, alcohol-based bubble tea, what type of liquor do you think that, we, that it goes best with the bubble tea? I think it depends. So, like, if it's a milk-based um, bubble tea, I think it would go with, like, like a Bailey's or something like that. Sure. Um, or even, like, whiskey or rum. Mm-hmm. But if it's, like... Like just clear tea base, it would go with like a vodka. I know how much you hate vodka. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I see vodka as like the basic bitch of liquors. Like it goes in anything. It doesn't really stand out. It's just there. Yeah, no, that's why I think it's good for something like that because it's it's in a in a fruit tea or something. You want the you want it to be fruit forward. Right. So so you so you think vodka is the welcome welcome to alcoholism? Let me open the door for you. Well, I, I, I want to make two statements, like one side tangent to uh, Tanita over there. Since you like like liquors and teas and such, have you ever tried a green tea shop? Yes. And are they not amazing? amazing? They are. They are There's, really good. I, I love mixologists because they somehow find a way to like mix things to such an avail that it can give your mind that trick that you just drank something that you didn't. Right. And. Yeah. Like you, you see a green tea shot, and it's just like, well, that's that's Jameson sour mixed peach schnapps and some type of lemon lime, look uh, soda, and somehow another it tastes like tea, and it's just it's mind boggling. And back to your statement of like, is that the starter set to alcoholism? No, but it's one of those things where like it goes well with almost any liquid that it could be incorporated into almost any drink and you probably wouldn't notice it. Like you were mentioning sangrias before, depending on the color of it, if you're having a white sangria for like spring and summer, if you want to enhance the uh, alcohol level, you usually do like a shot or two of vodka to up the APV. If you were having like hypothetically a red sangria, you would add a whiskey, bourbon, rye, whatever it may be. So I feel like, with vodka, it's one of those things where she's that basic bitch. She could fit into any group, and she'll get along with everybody because she's basic. She's She loves everything. She's cool with everything. Mm. There are other liquors out there that have certain notes and certain taste that 
you know what, they might not fit necessarily in that category, but they're so unique and special on their own that they don't need to fit in with everybody. Mm. So I wouldn't necessarily say that vodka is the basic bitch. I would say that vodka is the adaptable one. Vodka is the one that's like, you know what, you can invite me to any party now and, and, and I'll be all right. You know what I mean? I'll be cool. Um, I feel like maybe. you just call me basic. uh yeah i mean vodka is amazing i think and oh if if i'm going to i guess endorse a type of vodka i'm going to say tito's is probably the one that i've actually grown really fond of and it's funny because at first i was like "Mm, tito's is you know has a particular has a particular audience that doesn't necessarily include me but i was like you know what let me give this you know, let, let, let me give this a chance. And I think that, you know, it has this level of clarity to it. Like, it's like, you know, it's doesn't, you know, it's not overpowering in anything that you have. And it's not, it's definitely not Georgie. Cause, so it's definitely more on the, on the smoother side. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. Roby just gagged when, when he heard the word Georgie. Anybody <laughs> had Georgie, it's a visceral reaction. I think I'm uh-huh. saying podcasts and people are like cringing. Their tummies are shaking right now. Uh, as I as I speak about it, so I'll just move on. There's a um, good um, vodka. I, I don't like vodkas usually, but um, somebody brought it to my birthday one year. It's a Japanese vodka. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a called Haku vodka. That's okay. like really really smooth. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the price point is. But... Haku, yeah. I mean, Haku's like the hibiki of vodka, right? I mean, yeah, like, it might be the same the brand, same right? Company. Yeah, it looks like, like Santori or something. Yeah, it might. It, I think yeah. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I agree with that for sure. When it comes to Japanese, like liquors i'm actually really impressed with some of the stuff that they come out everything they do is magical (laughs) seriously like their japanese whiskeys and such it's the smoothest thing that i've ever had in my life yeah smoothest. well some of the smoothest like i i want to face some of the the more common smooth beverages like if you ever had johnny blue that's like kissing an angel johnny blue is amazing uh, and I know I know that people like feel a certain type of way about it being a blended scotch. However, let's not deny the fact that it is a well created blended scotch. You know, like yes, I mean you have Allen, of course, which is the pure pure scotch. They don't blend anything they do, and the older that you go, the more smoother that it is. Uh, but yeah, Johnny Blue, man, I mean, definitely deserves credit. And if you're gonna go with tier under, I would actually suggest Johnny Green. Which to me, like I can actually finish it. Probably, like if I'm at a party, it, you know, I don't need to mix it with anything else. Um, and that one has a sixty dollar price point instead of a two hundred dollar price point. So think about that one. You know, let that one you know marinate in your mind. Um, but that one is yeah. I would say I would say Johnny Johnny Green Johnny Bloom like those on those ends. One of some of my favorites. I'm actually holding right now a bottle of Hibiki, um, the actually remaining remnants of it. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think, well, it's also a blend. It's also a blend of whiskey, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, there, there's something really good. I think Hibiki is a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, I think this might be on the hard side, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it might be on, yeah. So let me, let me just sample this real fast so I can kind of give you. Oh, this one's actually smooth. Oh, sorry. There, there was another one. I think it might have been the Centauri one. Yeah, Centauri. Like, you'd be. I think it was like a Toki one. Toki, or something. Yeah. Like a lower, I think. Yeah, and that one is hard. And, and the thing is, I mean, and I, I guess we'll probably go into this, right? Heads, hearts, and tails of when it comes to whiskey, um, where it's like you, you want to go more so for the heart. 
Um, so there's there's like three different you know there's like three different types of whiskey when you when you when you create it when you distill it. That one is supposed to be the smoothest. One is supposed to be a good mixable, and then one is really rough that you can't even drink. And that's the tail. So the tail, you know, we, we ignore. Um, so it's you know it, it's it's pretty good. Um, you know, so I think like I would say like yeah, Hibiki is one of the. I mean, Yamazaki is really 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 good. If I'm gonna go Japanese whiskey, right? I mean, Yamazaki is probably on the higher higher end of that of that. I haven't had the higher end. Oh. I guess I'm low class. <laughs> no, 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 it's not, not about class. I mean, listen, what, whatever whatever the distributors tell you about the alcohol, that's not the case at all. I mean, you don't have to be on a on a boat. You don't have to. You don't have to have like, you know, you don't have to have a. Uh, you don't have to be like high class society in order to have something that you enjoy. So, um, but I would, but I would definitely say Hibiki is a good one. Uh, McAllen is one of my favorites, and if we're gonna go in the route of Scotch, right? And then, I mean, Johnny Walker is a classic go-to that, you know, that people look at it as like a mainstream one, but hey, you know, like you can't go wrong with it. Um, so, or let me ask Incognita, actually. You walk into a, a pub, let's just say, right? You walk into a pub on a Friday night, you know, like pre-pandemic, though, we're not thinking about right now, we're not thinking about current times, but let's just say like you have the whole gamut available to you. What is your go-to? Well, I, I feel like it changes every year. Like right now, my go-to is gin and tonic. Unless there's like a, cock- mm-hmm. I mean, at a pub, there won't be like usually a cocktail menu. Yeah. But like I do like trying different like concoctions and stuff. Mm. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, knowing you, I know that you also tend to like lychee-based beverages, right? Sometimes like you're like, oh, we're going to take a look at the lychee. You're like, all right, I can, uh, I, I, I'm going to get this. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 is your, what is your take on like alcohol and lychee beverages? Having, I mean, I think it's good. Like the lychee is like, it's sweet, yeah. so it cuts out um, like the harshness of an alcohol beverage. But also, I like you know anything with anything like fruit drinks. I like eating the fruit or even like um, like olives. Like uh, I would order a dirty martini or whatever just to have the <laughs> just to have the olive. I don't even care really about the drink. <laughs> <laughs> Rody, um, is there any is there any uh, beverage that you go with? Any go to that you have? Uh, yeah, I have two actually. I have two go to beverages. My typical traditional is always a Jameson and ginger because you can't screw up a highball. Like it's literally just any type of whiskey and soda. You you can't screw that up. And usually, a lot of times, like bars can be high pace. You don't want to be that dick to give them that like extravagant awkward order that takes up their time because by them taking up time that's you're costing them money like at least tips so i try not to be that guy that goes over the the edge and asks for like a lot but if it's a more refined establishment or they have the time where you see like they don't necessarily they're not running around to like appease everyone i do like an old-fashioned i feel like old-fashions are the make or break of a bartender because they're so simplistic to make that it's extremely difficult to master. Like it's literally two ounces of like rye, bourbon, whiskey, scotch, whatever it may be your choice with like two dashes of Angostura bitters, some type of simple syrup or um, sugar cube like stirred together over 
like a giant block of ice and a orange wedge, sometimes with, um, well, not a wedge, but the peel of an orange and sometimes with the maraschino cherry. Like it's not that many ingredients, but depending on the place, they may augment the ingredients, which kind of augments the taste. And it's always cool to see people's interpretations of an old classic. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, No, I wouldn't. No, going back to the, like, I wouldn't order, you know, a cocktail at a pub because like you said, like it's, it is like time consuming, but if I'm paying $25 at a cocktail bar, but I'm going to make it as complicated (laughs) as possible. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Rody just agrees silently. He's like, absolutely. Well, and again, I wouldn't even say like my order of an old fashioned is like crazy complicated. It's literally pour two ounces of whiskey, like some type of brown liquor, two shots of bitters, some type of sugary component to break it up and a garnish. That's not that many ingredients for you to fuck up, but it's all about how you deliver it. And it's just like, it's cool to see how like a bartender might've been brought up, how they might've been taught that augments the ingredient. Like one too many dashes of bitters can make the drink unpalatable. If you don't put it over a block of actual ice due to the displacement, um, displacement and the uh, surface of it, it could melt the ice too quickly, and then you have a diluted beverage. So it's just really cool. Just I, I love the science of alcohol. I like the science behind drinks. I like the history behind drinks. Like in everything else, I dislike science. I can't stand history. But in regards to like mixology and like gastronomy, I think it's so interesting. Just like how they come up with names and how they come up with recipes. It's so cool. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I um, what what do they call it? The Cuba Libre, right? Where, where they have the is That's it literally just rum and coke with a lemon, <laughs> with a lime actually, with a lime, with a lime, oh, lime yeah. twist. Uh, yeah, it's a lime twist. Yeah, because the lime is the Latin part of it. <laughs> but lemons can't be lime. <laughs> well, no, but uh, they, they, you're talking about like what's more indigenous to those areas. It's lime. I I agree. No, I, you're you're absolutely right. Um, that's what. It's, it's funny. It's actually one of the go-tos that I actually don't go for unless I'm in a Caribbean country. Like, I feel like I, in, in Puerto Rico, I feel like I had that more so than I had anything else. And I, I brought it back with me when I went to Puerto Rico because that was something that was like, at first, when it came to rum, especially like, you know, when I embraced more of that American side of me, I, um, I didn't necessarily like, you get rum, like whiskey ginger was my go-to at one point. And even even now, I don't I don't feel like I, I, I drink ginger ale anymore. Like like, eh, like I'll drink you know. And it's funny because like when it, when it comes to cocktail, I'll drink a coke now over a like you know like a blank and coke, um like a rum and coke. I'll do whiskey and ginger. I'll do rum and coke. coke. No, <laughs> not no no no. As a matter of fact, it's funny that you say that. We'll we'll get into that. You want to do that? Uh, well, the thing is, we tried that with, and I think I think Rose is gonna remember this when I say it. Um, we tried that with Devil Springs. Uh, oh, no, Everclear. Uh, even, even worse. Even worse. We tried that with Everclear when we were still in college. Um, no, I'm having flashbacks <laughs> of being in college when we went to New Jersey and I took <laughs> half a bottle of, like, Everclear and or Devil Springs to the face 
And somebody's response to me was, quote, are you Irish? And I went, no, I can just handle my shit better than you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. Oh, oh, oh. That was, I mean, that was a, that was a nightmare in, 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 a, in a beverage. Because the fact that I still stood after that night was mes- like mesmeric. <laughs> to be honest with you, I feel like Pepsi made it worse or whatever I have, you know, like mixed with it. Because the thing is, like, you're supposed to have a thicker, and the stronger the alcohol is, the thicker your mix has to be, right? If you're going to mix one in one, it has to be, you know, and, and we have to be like a very, very little bit of the Everclear or the 151 or the um, 151 is actually like child's play compared to these beverages when you talk about Devil Springs or Everclear. Yeah, Devil and Springs, I want to say about 160. The Cardi was like, "We're yeah, we're not doing the 151 anymore. That shit is banned because well, that's, that's yeah, no, that's literally banned. Like, I don't think they make it anymore. They don't make it anymore. They do not make it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so the thing is that they were like, you know what? We actually care more so about your health than making a profit. Hmm. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> if any, if any, if any liquor company tells you that, then that definitely tells you something about." You know about the about what they're selling itself, right? Because if they don't believe in that, they're like, "Nah, we we we, we want we want your continued business." You know, like we don't. We can't sell to a cadaver is basically what they said. They're like, "Yo, if you die from drinking one fifty one, but you will if you don't, you know, use moderation." Right. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Factoids. Um, keep it open. Um. So yeah, we um. So we, yeah, man, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I look at, I look at, you know, 151, or I look at, you know, uh, Everclear, I look at um, Devil Springs, and, you know, Spiritus or Soli, or whatever the case is, any high-level alcohol, like, I almost look at that like gasoline, like, that's like a whole different level of things that you probably shouldn't try, especially if you're a novice drinker, but even more so... If you're an experienced drinker, like you don't want, like, you know, I'm telling you, like, that's the thing, you know, and, I, you know, as you and I both know, Rody, I think that's what, you know, th- those are the main ingredients that come in your, you know, jungle juice. Because it's so strong, you have to mix it with every possible juice or whatever, like every, you know, everything that it's like, all right, I'm going to put, I'm going to put it in like, a, I'm going to put this in a, in a cooler, right? One, you put, you know, you, you put the ice on it. Then you, like, pour this entire bottle of, you know, like, con, you know, this ungodly, you know, thing that they created. You know, it's an it's ungodly creation. You pour it in, and then you have to mask it with juice, with fruit, with everything possible. Like, you know what I mean? To make it not taste like what it is. My, my mentality on that is if you have to... Mix it to such an avail that you can't taste it. Maybe that's not the drink for you. Like, are you there to taste it for what it's worth, or are you there to get fucked up? And that's where a lot of these drinks come into play. Are you drinking for the taste, or are you drinking to go to an altered state of mind? Because if you drink Devil Springs 151, like anything that's ignitable with a flame. You're looking to just go to another plane of existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And I mean, you know, if, if I can make any suggestions, if you're trying to go to another plane of existence, 
I mean, and you know, you have access to to marijuana over these like huge, <laughs> <laughs> these really really strong beverages that are going to like really make you like sick and destroy you. I mean, I probably would suggest that you might want to go in that route because that's at the end of it all. At least you'll still be okay, right? Like when you wake up the next morning, at least you won't be like, oh, I don't know if I'm, if you know, I, I don't know if I just killed my liver or not. So, um, you know, just you know, just speaking from like having like devil springs or having you know like everclear or having spiritus for soli like which is like by the way 190 like 190 proof so the thing is there there are 200 proofs for those who do not know there are 200 you know the, the top is 200 proof is that uh, that's 100 percent pure alcohol okay. so it's a two to one ratio so when you look at a proof you look at it in the sense of if you double this is it uh, or if you um half it that's the percentage of alcohol so if something is 50 proof, then it's 25% alcohol. If something is um, 100 proof, then it's half. It's half created with alcohol. And anything past that 100, right, that's when we start to get into a little bit more of this, you know, dangerous territory. Um, and the more you go, I would say, like, maybe 100 proof is probably the highest at this moment in time I would go. What would you say, Rody? Or what would you say in Calgary? Like, what would you say is the top? You would go at this point at this moment in time i i wouldn't say any because it's all about the person's personal like what they can handle like uh whenever they do uh like the the levels of like what'll take somebody to get drunk they usually account like how old are they how much do they weigh how tall are they are they male or female so it really varies from person to person like i've i've met nita before incognita I'm pretty sure it would take her less drinks to get, you know, a little schwasty pants than it would me. So uh, it, it all depends. Probably less than you. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but but you could drink a lot. So Yeah, no, I again I, I can handle my beverage, but he's he's saying like at what what's the point? Like at what level do you kind of stop or whatever, like where do you go beyond and so on and so forth. It's all A, about moderation, and B, like, knowing yourself. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I was fine before, like, but after, after like, 26, it's, like, all downhill from there. Like, I can't have as much anymore. Like, I used to be able to, like, mix and drink whatever I want, and I would be fine. But I guess 26 or 25 is, like, the age after that. It's, like, downhill. Actually, <laughs> it was the exact opposite for me because I used to believe that I had, I was invincible. And I think, Rody, I think you and I probably may, may actually be on the same page because I used to believe I was invincible. The thing is, uh, Rody was a lot better than I was at this because, I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily, you know, I used to think, I, I don't know, for, for some reason, for some dumbass reason, I used to think I was like this type of memorial who can like handle whatever. <laughs> and then, um, and that's probably because I took that seven shots of the Jägermeister in one hour, and I was still standing up without a problem, you know. And then, meanwhile, one of my counterparts who was a lot heavier and taller than I was, he didn't, you know, he didn't handle that in the same way or fashion or form that I did. But, um, you know, you know, there are nights where you have your successes, and there are nights where you know you have your failures, and you know, like you, as you say, uh, incognita. I think really important to that is what you put into your body on a particular night. Mm -hmm. If you mix, if you are constantly going back and forth, I like a whole different thing on the palate. But however, now I look at it as like, you know what? 
on this night, I'm gonna have more so of this. You know, this is this is this is a night for sticking to one type of you know sticking to one type of uh, uh, beverage or one type of alcohol. But it's really important to do that for me, you know, now because at the same time, like you know, like passing out is not cool. Throwing up is not cool. Um, you know, like you know, one you know, I think for me, my turning point was. 27, 28, when I said that, you know, once I realized that when, when hanging out or when engaging with other people, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? It's not like, oh, I want to have all of this at one time and prove how cool I am to my peers. And not to say like you're doing it to prove that you're cool, but you're doing it because, you know, you want to partake with everybody else. You want to be on that level that everybody else is on. With that said, I mean, you don't necessarily, you know, you don't necessarily like, you know, you you know, you have to know when you can take your breaks. You have to know when to not engage or like when to say like, I'm sticking, I'm just having this time. And maybe, you know, making that your point of emphasis because that's really important at the same time because you want to go home in the same or similar condition that you walked in with, you know. Um, you know, I would actually go as far as to say this. Um Really, I, don't, I, 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 you know, let you know, let me know. I mean, let me know if you disagree. But I think that, you know, I look at, I look at drinking a lot differently today than I did back then. Like, you know, like at one point in our in our history, right? It wasn't necessarily cool to drink water in between beverages. What? I always think it's cool. I always do that. <laughs> well, twenty five year old me would have been a different person. Would have been like, what? Yeah, what hydrate. You Ew. You know, but. Now I'm like, it's essential. Because the thing is, whatever your body needs, you have to listen to what your body tells you. Water and food. Food helps. Mm. I don't understand like people who uh, who mm. can drink and not have any food. Brody, I'm always can, a person who... Like, can, can I share a story? <laughs> not eating? You know Wait, what? No, no, no. I, that, you, you kind of broke up on me. Can you say that again? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, Brody, can I share a story? I'm pretty sure you know the story I'm going to share, but it involves not eating. I feel like it involves me because I never eat when I drink. <laughs> Can I just insult you? And when we were much younger, actually. All right. I, so, I, I, yeah, no, I think I know which one you're talking about. But... Yep. So we talked about the time that Tarotti helped me out. Let me talk about the time that me and a friend of, like a group of friend like, of ours Helped Rody out, or one of our training brothers. So, I, for those who don't know, Rody's my big brother. Oh. I have a little brother, and he and I happen to be there. So, oh God, I know exactly what day you're talking about in the city. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, and that was a vodka day too. I had fucking vodka. It was a vodka day. That's it was vodka, and just a preface. I had gotten my tongue pierced based like on a dare from my girlfriend at the time. So I hadn't eaten for do two days prior. So please continue the story. Cause there is right. context behind why I got so fucking so messed up, but say lovey. All right. And not to mention that uh, Rody created the drink that, you know, actually ultimately led to his own undoing. Uh, he actually, yeah. <laughs> he, he was the, he was the, uh, the architect of destruction is his own undoing, actually. Um, so he, um, so 
we had just spent, you know, we had just spent, you know, one of our brother weekends, and then like we were like pretty much ending. We were like, you know, capping it off, going, you know, basically like heading back. But we we're gonna go to the city before we went home. And you know, we ended up in at the time what was the Manhattan Mall back when it had a food court. So oh, shoot, what there is no yeah back before it was J.C. Penney, y'all. So for those who are New Yorkers, know the struggle. There was a food court in Manhattan Mall over a decade ago. I it actually know, existed. I'm in New York. <laughs> <laughs> it actually existed. It's real. Look it up. Um. So we were on the train and we were having a Gatorade mix with vodka. And, uh, you know, we were all good. We were, you know, having a good time, whatever, enjoying it. And, you know, it was, it, it was a hang. Uh, as Rody had so eloquently put it, he had a brand new tongue ring that he hadn't eaten, um, that he hadn't eaten for, you know, a couple of days. Uh, but he was like, you know what? Like, you know, let's chill, let's hang. And the thing is, Rody usually can handle himself not really even having to eat as much as the rest of us. Uh, he's really good with this holiday. So I want to put that out there as well. Just so that, you know, that like, he's not, you know, I think, but I think in this particular day, he bit off a little bit more than he can chew, just like we all do. Um, and we, you know, we we're on training. You know, I think, you know, if if anybody is the reason why we don't have a food court anymore, I think it might be Rody because he threw up in the food court. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I didn't mean to experience. Yeah, it, it closed. We were, but we went on a Sunday, and apparently it closed at like one or something. It closed like it closed mad early. I was like, "What the hell happened?" Um, it closed super early. Um, you know, or it might have been like it might have been maybe a little bit later in the day. But like you know, he, he you know he 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 drew up in the food court. So uh, you know, needless to say, but like that, where in the food court? Like oh, just right where you were sitting. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, you know, if you, if you know the. Food court as a you know if I had to equate to the Queen Center Mall right, it's this different setup like but there was like stools that that used to be in the Manhattan Mall, and we would like we would sat up on those things with like a counter so we can go and we sat up on that counter and our heads were up but Rodi's wasn't and all of the sudden <laughs> and we decided I had to go across the street to Dwayne Reed to get some crackers for him bring it back and then you know we ended up taking him home. On this particular day, but Rody is more stubborn than we are because we wanted to take him to the door, but he absolutely refused, even in his current state. And we were like, and and we were like, dude, we went all the way here to this part of Brooklyn to bring you to your door, and you're like, nah, I got it, I got it, I got it, Rody, come on, for real, I got it, I got it, I'm all right. So you know, yeah, so. He had to prove to us that he was able to go home on his own accord, which he did, which he did. And of course, we followed up with him like recently. And he was fine, you know. But at the same time, it was, you know, uh, it was a, you know, I'm telling you. I mean, I want to tell the story for two reasons. One, of course, we have each other's back. But two, there was a food court in Manhattan Mall. And I wanted to. I want to be a little hopeful lesson on top of that. So, so at the expense of roadies. <laughs> hey, Sorry, guys. I screwed up, clearly. <laughs> In the words of Rick, when he talks to Morty, don't think about it. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, so, yes. Let's talk about. All right. Let, let's talk about who we are now. Right. I think, you know, obviously, you know, we, we tell a lot of stories about us in our past. And I think that, you know. Not to say that, and we're far from perfect. I'm pretty sure, like, this won't be the last time that any of us tell the story about when we 
had, you know, like had that time where we might have had a little bit too much or whatever. I mean, you know, those times are probably still forthcoming. But at the same time, I think that, you know, those days are way fewer and far between than it was when I was younger. And I think, Rody, I think you would say the same thing. Incognito, you were very responsible. So you kind of like, you kind of defy the rule. I mean, become irresponsible over the years. Over the years. Uh, You're a late bloomer. But yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like when we're finding out our limits, that's the other thing, right? right? We don't equate now like our age, quote unquote, I don't want to, you know, like we don't equate like who we currently are in our recovery times to, to the same thing that we used to. But however, I think we're more like conscious about what we put into our bodies. Um, what, what advice would you give if you had any advice to give at all about, I mean, to somebody who's like, you know what? I'm going to try my first beverage, right? So, and so to a brand new novice drinker, what advice would you give to them? I mean, not to say that any of them will listen to this podcast, but hey, you know, just in uh, case. You well, th- there's like a lot of things I would suggest. I was like, first and foremost, try everything. For the sole fact, the I think that might have been our hour timer. <laughs> that was our timer. Because I think for the most for the most part, I think we actually got it within an hour this time. So I'm actually kind of proud of us. We're very timely today. I agree. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I want to say one thing to acknowledge is try everything because you could always just try one thing and be like, yes, that's my beverage of choice. But as you get older, your tastes evolve. When we were in college. I would say like my drink of choice was always a Jack and Coke. Then when I started to make money and could afford the better things in life, I noticed my taste had evolved as well. So try everything. You never know what you may like. It could have just been made for you in an improper way. So experiment. That's what makes at, at least what I think about alcohol, what I think about it. It's very cool. It's it's all about balance. Because maybe somebody made you a drink that wasn't made the correct way. And when you have it in a proper manner, it could change your experience. For example, most people, when they think of daiquiris, they think of the blended frozen drink with the overly sweetened daiquiri mix, all that jazz. When Hemingway first had it, which is like his favorite drink, R.I.P. Hemingway, it used to literally just be like daiquiri lime juice. In like a coupe glass and just the simplicity of it all made the drink that much better so a try everything b make sure it's made the right way c and you can't take it from strangers from the internet just telling you shit but you gotta test your own limits you gotta see what bends and or breaks you and d always eat before you go out because I know with myself, I was I always had the mentality of, oh, if you're a cheap date, if you don't eat anything prior, your your buzz will come quicker and you'll save money. And that's usually when your friends end up bringing you from the uh, Manhattan Mall. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just make sure you eat some carbs. And if you ever have that bad moment in which you wake up from a hangover, eat something fatty, it'll help uh, kind of break up everything. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the, the I want to piggyback on your advice. Actually, everything you said is absolutely correct. Uh, you know, I'm gonna add I'm gonna add a, a point to that. 
to, as you can tell, I mean, there's a level of trust between Rhodey, myself, and Cognita that we all have with one another that, you know, like, choose your friends wisely, especially, like, you know, when you when you go out, when you go out and have a beverage with these individuals, you know, you have several of them, um, you know, you want people who have your best interests at heart and who actually really care about your well-being. Um, you know, some people, you know, you, you don't want to do, you, you don't want to get, you don't want to get too overly intoxicated at a work function. Uh, it never, it never pans out well for you or anybody involved. Uh, take my advice on that one. Uh, yeah, someone from a job at a work event got fired because uh, he thought it was a good idea to smash him in the head with a beer bottle when he was drunk. Yep. So he, <laughs> and a client. <laughs> and a client. Oh well. Yeah. That. That. that that's a. Uh, I've been fired from here for, for, for position one on one. And the thing is, you know, as I said, like after a certain time, you don't have any control of your faculties. If you get to that point, then you've had way too much. And the thing is, if you feel like you've woken up the next day thinking like, oh shit, what happened last night? And then you had a lot of regrettable moments, then you might want to assess what type of person you are when you are drinking. And that's really important to note. I, I, I don't want to be a bug, but that's, you know, actually something that's, um, it actually has some merit to it because it becomes that you know, again, looking out for your best interest. And if you're going to learn from anybody's mistakes, learn from mistakes from people who have gone through this before you. Uh, I would say, you know, make sure that you moderate yourself, drink a lot of water in between, of course. I think it, what it, don't, don't underestimate the power of, of hydration. It's really important. And, you know, like as Rody has had mentioned, eat. Eat. It's okay. No big deal. Uh, eat, eat things with carbohydrates. Something you know. Something that you know. Really bready things. Heaviness. Um, but at the same time, don't necessarily rely on what you ate because you want to make sure that you know know what you feel. Like be internal. Check yourself. Know what your internal clock tells you. All right. Uh, and do you have anything to add on that? I mean, that's pretty much covered everything, but. I guess I'm going to go the opposite route and say, like, when you go out, you don't have to drink or partake in anything if you don't want to. Like, you can still have a lot of fun. Like, I used to not really drink, and I would still have as much fun as my other friends. It's also funny to see friends drunk mm-hmm. while you're sober. So. Nice. Yeah, very true. Um, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure some people are asking, but what about the beer, though? We didn't talk about nothing about it. I'm like, you're absolutely right. So that's what you know. That's one of the topics that we'll finish off with. Um, Rody, what is your favorite? What is one of your favorite beers? Um, beer labels, brands, however, like you know, like what is your? Oh, that's that's saying something because I like in college because they were cheap. It's what I would drink, and I would just drink whatever because you know it was cheap. Uh, I I'm not a big fan of beer now. Like the the bubbles just it messes up my stomach and it makes me sound like an old ass man. But if I have to drink and it's weird, like the reason I drink it is because I love the bottles. Uh, Coney Island Lager. A lot of their bottle art is based off of Coney Island and Coney Island attractions. And I used to grow up around there, so it's very nostalgic for me. I literally have a bottle collection of every single one that they've produced thus far. So if I had to suggest. I would say Coney Island Lager just because it does have a plethora of pilsners, if you will. A uh, 
a barrage of beers. Like I'm trying to think of other alliterations and make it sound more artful than it really is. But you know, do you like, again, it all depends on your taste. Very true. Uh, I would say, I mean, you know, if I had any recommendations, they have, I mean, mine is Samuel Adams. It's uh, my favorite beer period. There are different seasonals that are, you know, that are more, that are more prominent than others. Like fall is my favorite season for beer period. Um, between you know, like the Oktoberfest. Does Oktoberfest take place in August? Uh, from so, September to September. Uh, from is it end of September? Something like that. It's like September or well, something, and not October. Well, thank you for that, Incognita. How ironic that my favorite Oktoberfest is an American beer. Is when you can enjoy those types of beer. Uh, my, my, my favorite is the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. I highly recommend it, which is actually a crazy, you know, that's crazy to say because I'm pretty sure people who live in Germany would defer with me. But at the same time, if you actually had Oktoberfest, it has a very, very good, um, you know, like flavor palette, good body to it. Uh, again, one of my favorite beers. But um, Cherry Wheat is one of my, you know, one of my go-tos. Uh, Summer Ale is not bad. Listen, you can't go wrong with Sam Adams. Go to a brewery if you can, if you have an opportunity to. I think you know you'll you'll, you'll be well educated and well versed in Boston, Massachusetts, um, where its where its foundations are. And if you're there, you might as well go see Harpoon too, and then you can kind of get a comparison of the two and kind of taste each each one almost almost side by side, right? You have one one day, you have the other the other day, you kind of get to make one decision. Um, but Sam Adams is one of my favorites. Um, my favorite thing coming? to do. Like when I go to a new city, is to check out like local breweries and stuff. Local breweries, yes. I don't know. Kind of like get an idea of like like the history behind it, like where it's coming from, why certain things are turned away. Yep. Um, always interesting to do that. Yep. But um, I'm I'm also a sucker for like Rogi, like for nice packaging. Like I remember seeing um Chintao nineteen oh eight. It's like a new, I guess, iteration on Chintao. Like at, or older, yeah, yeah, whatever, classic, yeah, right? Classic, yep. but it's like a, I guess, limited edition bottle, and I was like, oh my god, this is so pretty! I'll pay the extra, you know, two dollars, you know, for it. Yeah. Um, but right now, I really like like sour beers. Sour beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like in sour beers are my go-to, or also like stout, so like Guinness or left hand milk stout. Listen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it. Well, Guinness has such a has such a body to it. Um, it has a unique, you know, it, it has a unique aura. Like it's, so, you know, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure in Ireland it's even better than it is in the United States. But, you know, if Guinness is poured properly, and, you know, Guinness is very, uh, as already alluded to in the very beginning, or like, you know, you know, a little while ago, he had alluded to the fact that, you know, like beer and, and liquor is very scientific. Even though you would think it was created magically. You have to be very cognizant of the portions that you give so that one doesn't overpower the other. Um, Guinness is much the same way in the way that you pour it and the way that it, the way that it, you know, it tastes based off that pour. Um, you know, they have people who have certifications of Guinness pour. Like you have to actually be able to pour it properly in order for it to be a Guinness certified bar which is you know wrap your head around that concept right but yeah i think guinness is, is one of those that, that, that that's definitely should be mentioned 
Um, that's the science of it, though. That's what makes it amazing is that, like, you need to know how it's poured. Like, you need to have the right glass. You need to hit it at the right angle. And that's what makes it miraculous. That's what makes, like, it really interesting, at least to me. But, you know, say I love it. <laughs> right, absolutely. It's not in a bottle in a bottle <laughs> yeah in a bottle like some some of it gets lost in the can they try to kind of rectify that by adding that little ball yeah. inside to to aerate it yeah aerate and assist with the pouring process uh but yeah i mean there's nothing like having it on tap there there really isn't that's not something that you know like if guinness you know if they have guinness that's in a bottle like sold at, at a place i'd rather probably go with the coolest light if you will you know what i mean like <laughs> If those are the only two choices, and I'm like, you know what? Just give me, give me course like because at least I know what I'm going to get, or at least I, at least I, I know that if it's not going to be the the quality of beer that it's supposed to be for that type of brand, then you know, like I might as well have it. You know, I might as well have something that's more cost effective. It's not going to be the same quality. There's that. Um, I mean, you know, some of some. I know that I mentioned Sam Adams is my favorite. I mean, I'm going to mention, I'm going to mention a, a list of things that I recommend if you like. I mean, Newcastle is a really good one. Um, I like, you know, the Brooklyn Brewery is cool. They have a diverse palette of beers. But as I said, I think Boston, uh, I, I, and, you know, and it's funny, I, being a New Yorker myself, I feel like Boston holds the beer market. Um, but you know, Brooklyn is formidable in, in its own way. They have a bunch of different, different things. I mean, you can definitely try. Um, one of the things that I, that, that, uh, the Brooklyn, the local one, local two, and those are like some product. Uh, I think they might've stopped making one of them. Uh, but I don't recall. You know, like, again, those are more like of the upscale style beers. Of that brand, quote, unquote. They have, you know, the Brooklyn Blast is cool. Um. Sour, you know, Brooklyn Sour is, is pretty good. What type of sour beer would you like in Cognina? Is there a particular brand that you're, like, more fond of? No, not a particular brand. Like, when I go to a brewery, I just, like, or a bar, I just go to, I just look in the sour section and anything there. I mean, all of them sound amazing. It's like, oh, <laughs> notes of peach and whatever. <laughs> right, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I haven't found, like, a specific brand yet. No worries. Yeah. I guess I'm still pretty new on the sour game. We went to, uh, I, I know, like, I'm in a, I'm in state specific place, Rody. Uh, we went to Zombie Hut one time. We had a sour beer there. Do you remember yeah. what that one was? I wish I could tell you. I that really do. Because every time you guys were talking about sour beers, my mind kept going to Zombie Hut. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a sour beer, which was immaculate. And there was also, like, a pineapple beer. That I can't remember for the life of me, but all of which very much remarkable. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a reason why I can't remember some of the some of the drinks that we had there. I mean, their cocktails were and it comes full circle. <laughs> their cocktails are really strong, uh, but really, again, masking that, that that strong flavor profile that they that they, they mix so well. Uh, they've taken their 151, not Bacardi because that's antiquated, but they've taken their 151. Um, branded rum, that, and they put it inside the straw, so you kind of have a full. Um, that yeah, I mean, three of those or two well, of those or one of those on. for some of us are you know, are, are good enough, you know, like. You put it like a test tube thing, like what? It's funny because the thing is, my oh, so my uncle, you know, taught me through 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 his traditions, right, growing up, um, that 
if you're a male, you don't drink through a straw. I mean, I'm, you know, that's how I look at toxic masculinity today. But at the same time, like, you know, it's, it's, it's part of history. It's part of life. You know, it's a, what, what your elders teach you and tell you, you know, um, and you know, as I said, it's, it's never meant for that purpose, but yeah, I taught me like, you know, don't, don't, don't drink through a straw. It doesn't necessarily perpetuate, you know, like the right message about you or whatever. I'm like, all right, well, you know, like, so that became kind of my handle where whatever I had didn't have a straw included in it. Um, but it wasn't until I had to go to zombie hut specifically where I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to drink through the straw in order for it me to get the full effect. Um, it, it's funny that you say that because I remember growing up, I was told if you drink through a straw, it'll get you drunker quicker. So like um, I never did because I was trying to pace myself. Probably like a Latin thing like that. And when we drink through a straw, I guess it kind of it, it's an image, right? Like just like no, you know, I know standing, what you're I know what you're trying to like insinuate. Like, and I, I I get I get where you're coming from, but again, I'm just saying it's weird how different backgrounds. Like yours was like, yo, don't suck on something, or we're gonna assume something. Where like another background is just like, hey. If you do, you might get more fucked up. So, again, the whole background difference is really comical as well. Yeah, you know, but you know what's crazy about that? It's actually not about sucking on something that 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 sends the wrong message. Surprisingly, it's actually about this message. You know how, like, when you stand up straight with your chest out, you look more confident. Okay. There is a certain presence that you give off by not drinking through a straw that is supposed to dictate something about you. Um, Wait. So, what if you're a woman? Like, why, why would that be different? Why would that be different? Uh-huh. It's not about, and, and it's funny because it's not about how Latin men see themselves, it's about how Latin women see Latin men. You know, me sipping through a straw and <laughs> coming up and saying, hey, how are you? Would you like to go dance? They'll look at you with a certain level of, with an eye roll and tell you, nah, give me somebody who's more, you know, more manly. The thing is, toxic masculinity only exists because of the view that women give men, right? Because, as I said, they expect them to be a certain way. Or they expect them to do certain things. I mean, again, that's a whole different conversation for a whole different day. But, again, this is kind of like... My uncle was like, let change your, you know, change people's perception about you by doing this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Women have to end toxic masculinity, though. To a certain degree, because they have to we change. Have to? Yeah, absolutely, because they have to change their expectation. Of what, what I'm always making you drink through a straw, so. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but I'm just, I, 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 again, that's a whole different conversation for a whole different day, and I think that, I think it's all complicit on society as a whole to start doing it together. No one person, or no one, no one type of individual, no one culture can change something without. The uh, you know without its opposition or without its, uh, without its yeah uh, without opposition or without a support system, telling them otherwise. You know, like it's okay for you to do this. You know, it's or it's okay for you to live like this. You know, like it's okay. The thing is, like you know, we don't hear enough of that in our society. So there's not enough of you know there won't be enough change because, as I said, you know, like you want people to be a certain way, but you don't want to be at that way too. So, again, you can't necessarily have it both ways. But, again, you know, just some food for thought. Anyway, we, um, you know, Roby, is there anything that we want to finish off in terms of this episode 
open open the bottle to drink outside of it? Well, you you had mentioned something that I, I kind of want to just add like an addendum to, where you mentioned like um, as like our closing notes before our actual closing notes, like uh, who you drink with, so on and so forth. I think one me- thing that you should like measure when you go out drinking is do you want to be that friend that ruins everybody's fun or do you want to be a person that's a part of everybody's fun? And that takes a level of maturity because I know like, and if you're just like that person that just starts drinking or has been drinking, whatever it may be, like you need to have that level of accountability we're just like, am I going to potentially ruin this person's fun because I have to be the guy or girl that gets to that level that people have to start taking care of me? Or, like, you need to, I guess, take ownership and say, like, look, I want to go out and have fun. Let me moderately do it. Like, don't get me wrong. Every so often, like, you need that little bit of hedonism, but you need to acknowledge that it's not always about you like you need to know your boundaries you need to know other people's boundaries because as uh nita said you know sometimes it can affect your work it can affect your personal because hypothetically you do that a work environment like people are going to look at you differently and depending on the job that you have and it sucks to say that it depends on the job that you have they can look at you in a different light like society can look at you in a different light so not only be cognizant of like who you drink with, but be cognizant of just everything when you drink. Because one too many could mean something much more than just a bad hangover the next day. Yeah, it's true. Very true. And yeah, I mean, you know, clearly like you don't want this to, you know, you don't want this to be your... You know, you, you don't want this to be your entire life. What you want it to be is, uh, you know, just an aspect of, like, you don't want drinking to be the most important detail in the story, right? You want that to be the, the background information. And you don't want to, you know, again, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're known as that person who, as Rody said it so eloquently, you know, brings down someone else's night or brings down, you know, group, you know your, your friend's time. Um, again, like, of course we all acknowledge that mistakes happen and things like that. Of course, that's, you know, you know, these things happen, you know, certain slips that we have, whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, the thing is you, you, you want to spend time, you know, you want to spend time less regretting and more, you know, being part of that moment. So it's actually, you know, I, I agree with that whole idea. Uh, Incognito, do you have any other things you would like to add? I had something profound in my mind, but I really <laughs> that happens um, to the best of us which is so apropos for this episode about drinking and alcohol it's like i had a thought but i don't remember <laughs> oh that's but i mean i guess like to your point like you have to know your limit and and even if you don't like just be error on the side of maybe caution mm. like like we were talking about those drinks where like it catches up on you. Like don't drink it so fast, like drink slower if that's yeah. the case. Cause you don't want it to like you like 10 uh, or two uh, vodka cranberries in. You're like, oh shoot, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> True. Word of friendly advice. This is my this is my notes. Word of friendly advice. The better it tastes, the less of it you should drink. Um. What? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's my, oh my better, god! Yes. <laughs> Having flashbacks of Red Devils so badly. <laughs> you go through the gamut of whatever it is. The more alcohol is going to have because they're masking they're masking the taste of this beverage. Even a pina colada, you have to make sure that you have less of it. And, you know, it, so good. it's not just about the alcohol, right? It's about the sugar content as well. Yeah. Um, if you you know if you want to remain healthy, you keep the pounds away. And again, this is like again, not telling you what, how to live your life, and not telling you what to do. But again, if if you want to be more conscious about these things, uh, you know, you would, you know, there's something you can kind of like, kind of think of there for. Um, you know, if it tastes, you know, the, you know, the sweeter it tastes, or the the less alcohol, you're like oh, it's like alcohol, or whatever. One is going to think of on you, or and two is going to be the the catalyst attack on those pounds. So, you know. Find you know find something have it in moderation and then switch from one to to to, to another. By the way, if you if you're going if you're weight conscious and you want to you know like if you like you work out every day you want to exercise but you also are like all right I'm going out on a Friday night I'm going to drink. Um, vodka uh, is your buddy. Vodka no. is a, vodka is a pretty cool ally if you do it right. Um, vodka soda right. But vodka water. If you're going vodka to club. vodka club, yep. If you're going to, uh, even gin and tonic, right? That, that that's on that product class where you can have maybe a few of them and be okay. If, if memory serves, I think uh, if you're paleo, I want to say like tequila and a certain juice. Sugar content of any. Well, no, no, I, I'm, I'm not denying it because clearly it comes from agave. But I think if you're on a paleo diet, they say go with tequila. Yeah. Yep. So, what's a paleo diet again? Paleo, plant based. Oh. Because again, it's coming from the agave plant. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, those are you know those are the best things that we could tell you. We gave some stories about when we you know we gave some stories, we gave some insight, we gave some you know recipes, we gave some advice. Um, we opened the bottle. We thought outside of it. We finished it. We finished it. <laughs> We're still standing, so yay us. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, if there's any type of, if there's any type of, you know, advice that you want, or any type of ingredients, or any type of like cool mixers you ask for, um, you know, please, you know, reach out at t h e j a y r a n d o at gmail dot com, um, and give us your advice. Give us anything that you want. You know, if you want Rody and I to talk about what type of uh, beverages, if you want to see Incognita again, which you definitely will, and you probably see her on this and probably other, other platforms in which I'll be, um, which I'll be a part of. So, uh, looking forward to looking forward to having you again, Incognita. Thank you for joining and gracing us with your presence today. No problem. Happy to be here. Yay! Yeah, wonderful, Rody. Thank you very much. Anytime. It was a pleasure, Nita. <laughs> I'm going to switch my incognito mode off now. <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, all right, are you ready to close the box? Uh, the bottle's already been corked. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. 
this will open the box or open the bottle in this case to drink outside of it. Thank you very much for your time, everybody, and looking forward to seeing you next time. Uh